See the chat room's filling up already. And uh early comment of the day right here from Retro Rocket Review. Today's Light the Fuse will probably be the shortest ever HMG show. Ben will say it sucked. Good night. See you guys later. It was a great show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for showing up. Uh, I couldn't write a better script right there for today's show, man. Uh wow. Some uh jaw-dropping uh bad uh, you know making a rib of the business stuff last night. And, um, you know, backstage word is uh, things uh, are not all as uh, rosy and gray as they appear to be. So it'll be interesting, man. We'll have a conversation. You guys are the premium subscribers, channelattitude.com, but we're here live, YouTube, uh, Ben Hameen channel uh, with all the $5 face slaps. And last night, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media. We're live there right now too, but usually everyone checks in on YouTube. Want to say uh, big up to everybody who ordered the Immortal pay-per-view or came and Frank's pickle barrel ass. I think he got the upstate New York flu. He's feeling under the weather, but uh, made me some awesome shirts, brought his whole tribe, the big heads, uh, all that stuff, man. And we had to show up and show out for HMG on there. And, uh, you know, everybody who ordered it uh, or, or came to the show live, uh, great time. I think everybody was pretty pleased with it, man. So we retain our titles, Blaze Haram. Uh, no doubt there, my man doing the suicide mission dives out here. And I, and I like that because I'm not doing it. So, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, strange things last night going into a pay-per-view. I get that they uh, have partnerships and they've got to do stuff. But uh, this leather face match is the talk of the town. I got to take a uh, drink break here. My voice is uh, cracking. Much better. There we go. Um, yeah, pal, you're goddamn right it is. Maybe you shouldn't be uh, singing all goddamn night. Um, but yeah, man, I recorded the uh, Friday locker room this morning. It's the summer of Strangler Steve, and uh, he's we've got one more show left after this. For he's got to go back uh, to his his gig. So it's been so great uh, being able to hang with Striz all summer long, and I know you guys love that. And uh, the, the Wednesday locker room being back uh, free on uh, the pod beans. So value added as always. And thanks to all the bitch here, super stickers, uh, whatever you're doing, super thank you, super whatever, whatever. super take your pants off, pals. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know your entertainment dollar is stretched across many uh, 
different platforms. So I uh, appreciate everybody hanging out, whether you can or you can't, uh, just hanging out with the best wrestling fans there are. And if you're interested, join the Hameen Media. Oh, I got it low. Oh, yeah, it's way low. Group. Group. Uh, yeah, over there on Facebook, uh, newly reconstructed. And uh, it's filling up over there, hanging and banging uh, with the best wrestling fans. Thanks to Big Ray and William Alicia and all the moderators uh, over there, uh, you know, keeping uh, keeping it a good time during the watch-alongs and updating on sports and everything NFL, Major League Baseball, meme culture, and stooge reports that you can handle over at the Hameen Media. Group. Group. So, y'all. Um, but uh, there was... <laughs> There were some interesting things last night, but uh, I put over the Friday locker room because we talk about a lot of the heat, so I don't want to, uh, you know, redo what Steve and I did this morning. And uh, there's some in-depth talks of uh, the sunny situation facing 25 years to life. You a little preview there. And uh, 25 years uh, pleading guilty to what looks like four or five counts, uh, one being vehicular manslaughter under DUI. So, um, some accountability there, uh, you know, after trying to pass the buck before and uh, should be quite a week uh, newsworthy to keep up with uh, that uh, unfortunate incident. And then also, uh, you know, Pete Ruard getting out about punk and the promo he caught on Hangman and then uh, Chris Daniels and Matt Hardy and Hangman and Ryan Nemeth not welcome to collision these guys are on the roster and you're not they're not welcome in the building like or sent home and apologies and the you know the sheets think they're first to it with the ryan nemeth face off when i don't have to explain to you guys here that we talked about that a month ago because that's what hmg is you're in the biz to some degree and it's not the stooge of that it's just hey it's gonna come out and there's things that i sit on like we've said in the past, nukes that uh, never get stooged off, you know, because <laughs> you know which cards to play. And there's times where things are, you just know they're going to be. So you say what it is, you know, it's not like it affects me either way. <laughs> Anybody wants to say you want to step outside is going to be an interesting night. So, you know, that, that all these things that you guys are premium subscribers for, whether it's Russo brand or Hami Media Group side, you know, before then Keller hits the sheets because they don't want to put us over on uh, whatever website it is, you know, or they'll just uh, take it and that's fine. And you guys are the hardcores. You're like, hmm, this sounds familiar. I heard I heard about it uh, <laughs> a month ago. So, y'all, I uh, uh, appreciate all the hardcore HMG subscribers and soldiers out there no matter where you are. Um, so we talk about that, but that leads to people being – unsure of tony's booking decisions uh you know uh going forward i mean he called in last week uh and uh gave us an education so uh interesting this week the follow-up show which somebody said nine days and then we're corrected 11 days i was like nine 11 days hmm that was interesting um <laughs> and uh you know some matches were just booked this week and they're and they're not really have a lot of heat going into them when you have heat and with guys in the locker room and we're not paying that off in the ring. We're just having phony wrestling matches. Now we do look dumb, you know, and we look like we don't have control. And uh, there was another story that the punk situation is a, a, a ticking time bomb. 
And it absolutely should probably be looked at that way. And it's not that Punk's going to go off. I mean, he's always going to do his big league thing and feel some kind of way about anybody who says anything instead of just no selling it. And he feeds for it almost every time. That's just what he does. That's how he handles his biz. I'm not saying he's a mark by any means for doing it. I mean, just how he handles it. Um, but that's always going to give the sheets and the stooges something to run. Tell that about right. Bell to bellies as good as anybody ever was, but, but, uh, but all these issues are going to be easy to stack against him because we've said, if it comes to numbers and they made this show for him and he's still getting his stuff in on hangman page or telling these guys, they can't be backstage or getting in somebody who, doesn't have the clout that he has face like Ryan Nemeth. He knows he can pull that big league card and Ryan has to cower, but Ryan did instigate it. So punk's got a fucking real reason to do it. But then it turns into some mm, do something and you're fired shit. I dare you, you know, and like, welcome to the mafia, this shit. Um, <laughs> never miss a chance to shut the fuck up. Right. And should probably take that note myself. Um, but we, we rarely do. And <laughs> it leads to situations where now punk is banning the guys that he thinks are stooges for the elite. And that may undercut his show or does too much stress for him, them to be there. And we can't no sell and be professionals. Like, you know, that alone is going to hit the sheets and, uh, then he's going to have to respond in some kind of way to it. Cause he can't help himself. But that's not the problem. The show I've heard is good. I don't have a chance to watch it. I'm so busy with everything else, uh, you know, comparatively. And it's just, it's got a roster full of really talented people. But because of terrible timing and them putting it up against UFC, WWE, premium live events, boxing, college sports, playoffs, baseball playoffs, like you're going to get your clock cleaned. And then that gives his enemies, I guess, the box or the elite or whoever, all the ammunition to put more oil in the ear of kind of like the, and just spread word. Like, see, he's not over. Look at the numbers are way down. Da, 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 da. Well, it's not set up for everybody to get over. Strangler Steve puts over the whole great reason why it should be at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And Stevie and I have talked about it being at 7.30 p.m. on a Monday to preempt raw and football and only be an hour and use it as a weapon of war. But nobody's doing that kind of stuff. And it's just a constant mistiming miscalculation and not using the advantage of being in the number two spot. Number two can do a hey, number two. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, that the, the number two spot is a lot less stressful than being the number one. You just do everything you can to tear number one down to your level and then you can conquer them and you pick apart where they are. So they're not using any of their leverage the right way. And that will come back to fall on punk. Like, and he might be doing a great job and might, the locker room might be a certain way because he wants it that way. And the WWE guys have banded together and you know, whatever it is, I don't know. And I, and I'm sure there'll be more that trickles out, but that's the ticking time bomb. That's like, if you're talking about the big propaganda campaign that if you don't get this shit right and pay it off in the ring in front of the fans and get these guys in line, in step, instead of placating to them and he, this worker gets to say who can and can't be backstage, like, 
like that that shit needs to be wiped out instantly like then then we can get to real business and until it is that this last uh cold war measure that i'm talking about right here is is gonna play itself out that way like that that's just the way it is by having things out of control and there's a lot of people not mixed in i guess into the story here uh that are saying like hmm Everybody's just waiting, and that and the plan with Wembley seem awfully late and not well thought out. So now you've got dissension in the ranks, and you've got um, a, a possible <laughs> explosion of the mega powers <laughs> that be, the mega vice president powers that be, instead of booking things how it should have, giving the crowd closure and getting these guys working with each other on the same page again and just saying, you're talent, do what you're told, or else go, just leave. And don't come back, you know. Uh, so very interesting stuff going forward. And then mix in the girls drama on top of that, you know. And uh, and then I even saw, I don't know, you never know. I have anything be photoshopped. It doesn't take much to do this. But somebody in the, I mean, media group, group. posted, it might have been the brand fan discussion, group, group. Uh, was... Sonny Kiss liking some slam on Tony Khan about being out of control, you know, and it's not like Sonny. I think Sonny Kiss hasn't been on TV in like two years almost, you know. So um interesting, you know, just little sidebars like that that are going to leak out. And uh if that's one, there's, you know, plenty of others uh who will toe the line with a smile or will get their shit in and uh, only be around for a while. Uh, Jay Hall asking, uh, uh, how's Timmy B doing? Uh, he must be feeling better because uh, he wanted to talk conspiracy theory with me this morning about the Maui burst situation, which led into the Vegas, uh, you know, uh, situation from back in the day with the crossover of the sheriff. So um, he must be feeling good, man, but I hope he's doing well. And, uh, you know, Timmy's always welcome anytime. Uh, it's just uh, I I don't ever want to push him. You know that's my my whole thing. So I never try and hold, hold accountable. Like oh he's not here. Anybody's not here. Everyone's got life going on, man. And uh, try and keep the schedule. I think we do a pretty good job, except for the consultants, you asshole. Yeah, I fucking know. I owe a ton of them. I'm just uh, I haven't slept in ten days. I'm sorry, bro. And I got to do woodsman's this weekend and lift a fuck ton of wood. So get off my back. I'm trying. Okay, stop talking to yourself. <laughs> you know, so there's plenty of uh, work to be done here always. And if it wasn't for Big Ray and the producers getting stuff done and Kaz, I mean, uh, and you guys sharing it all, I mean, that's what it's all about when you build a community, right? So. Uh, but, but yeah, a lot, man, I, I know people enjoyed master shoot this week, uh, some interesting stuff there and, and funny, uh, trip stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been a good week of shows and cannabis is, uh, you know, in a crazy state right now. So, uh, just, uh, trying to breathe through it all and, and keep on going and working at, uh, upstate wrestling entertainment tonight, training the squad. We had 11 at practice last time felt really good and uh you know working towards uh, more milestones there as well so can't say how thankful i am just to be doing creative stuff in wrestling in the cannabis business and and uh every day i guess above ground is a good one because a lot of people got a lot worse than anything i'm bitching about so or maybe the peruvian face eaters will show up and 
destroy us all. I mean, that's uh, that's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Zane Vicious, you ain't joking, brother. It's uh, chop wood, carry water season. And I'll be doing just that at the 75th uh, annual Woodsman's Field Days Pro Lumberjack Championship in Boonville, New York this weekend. So uh, we'll see. You thought working matches was hard. My body's going to be destroyed. You guys will see me next Monday for the locker room. Maybe not. <laughs> Just uh, a pile of mess, probably devastating. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get through it, man. So last night uh, we had eight belts total coming in. Uh, I know the Leatherface Championship really offset, offset the uh, betting pool last night. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, I think there might have been one or two that cashed eight. I went seven. Some went nine. We even had a 12 and some sixes in there. But all in all, eight belts because of the Leatherface belt. Nobody saw it, was, nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. So uh, <laughs> we had a hell of a good time. If you guys don't mind uh, hearing me uh, rock out or rap out on uh, Wednesday night, I wish I could show you on screen and we could watch, but we all kind of watch along and listen and, Go through the commercial breaks and just uh, have some good laughs together. Everybody hanging out on a Wednesday night and, and Friday night, too, on twitch.tv slash Media. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, there's plenty on the Friday locker room that goes in depth about what I'm talking about here, as well as Don Stevens uh, getting uh, talking about the similarities between ballet and wrestling and another Don Stevens stooge uh, that comes uh, from a uh, Facebook link. So take it as you will, but uh, some big laughs uh, from the Friday locker room. Always a good time with Strangler Steve exclusively at channelattitude.com. Five bucks a month. What are you missing? Um, let's see, you guys. Uh, so we're going to kick it off with Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta, who's going all in himself with the uh, – I would say the pie may he's trying to get to pie may, even though he's got a really dark black uh, goatee. I, I kind of like the old school Kung Fu movie look on him, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, it's shaggy and I can relate to it, uh, but it, it makes him different than trying to be Ricky, the dragon steamboat part two. And he's got to be heel right now. Right. So <clears throat> trying anything he can. So I was down with it. Um, but uh, we go, all kinds of Blackpool Combat Club shit, uh, you know, how we got to do it. Uh, even though they're not getting a ton of blood, because we're going to have a lot of blood later. I know Mox was probably hot about that. Um, but Yuta hits a pile driver on the ramp. They, they sold big for that, and then he's back up. So, you know, Taz on commentary, who was taken out for a year with a broken neck, and we could have had a chance to get actual heat on Cassidy here from uh, Blackpool Combat Club. But as soon as we come back from break, he hits him with uh, the beach break. So pile driver on the ramp. Fuck it, bro. I'm good. Let's get back in the ring and get this shit back on. Uh, okay. Um, so challenger fights back, stomps Cassidy's hands, uh, nullifies the orange punch, whatever. Bites his finger and stomps the shit out of his hand again. I do that. I do that move. Uh, manages to send his challenger out of the ring, dives out of the ring, dives into Yuta into the barricade. However, Cassie's hand caused him to climb the turnbuckle slowly. Yuta hits him with a superplex. Um, we go a Michinoku driver, and then in come Moxley and Claudio. Uh, Cassie hits a paradigm shift and the orange punch, and then Yuta counters with a, counters with a pinfall, which 
almost gets the win. Yuta aims for a submission, but it's reversed by Cassidy and holds him down for the win. So Orange Cassidy slips over after a sequence there, but why have heels run out and then have the heel lose at the same time to one guy, you know? Um, they should have had uh, best friends run out to neutralize them before they went into the finish. Instead, they do it after, which was dumb. Uh, so kind of the first dumb thing here that doesn't make sense to me in the end of why to finish that way. They start getting heat on them right away. So heels get their heat back. Then best friends arrive and, and then Lucha brothers arrive as well as Eddie Kingston. So people are going nuts because Eddie Kingston got to go live his Ribera steakhouse dream. And now he's back and got some, cuts a promo that is kind of subpar for Eddie Kingston, to be honest with you. All right, them boys, them boys, you got them boys like doing that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? So now it's going to be Lucha brothers, Eddie, uh, and the best friends. So six guys in a stadium stampede. So Blackpool combat club. So those three Mox, Claudio and, Utah, and then they got to go find three more guys. Uh, yeah, get me three more guys. We can't get enough guys in here for Stadium Stampede at Wembley Stadium. And now this is what they're talking about. You're just making this match 11 days out. It's just going to be on the card now. This is the backstory for it. Run-ins on run-ins on run-ins on run-ins. Here's a problem, not just booking towards Wembley, but things need to marinate. And in those run-ins, you did three, four weeks of business almost. Heels could have got heat on Orange Cassidy. Down comes uh, best friends, right, if they want to, and and screw off and then check on their friend. That's it. The next week, they try and do it on Chuck Taylor or whoever it is. Uh, let's say it's the best friends versus Lucha brothers. And they try and F over Chuck Taylor to get away. And then you have Lucha brothers after they won or whatever, like they're leaving run right back in, don't leave. And now they're, they help the babies get over on the heels and the heels fuck off. So heels get heat one week, babies with Calvary the next week. Then when it, something's going down with a six man or what have you, that's when they try and do something dastardly. And then Eddie Kingston comes out and we get all that and a brawl ensues and in comes Luchas and they're jumping and flying and all kinds of shit. But that's four weeks of TV I laid out. They step on that in each segment. So now everything that they're trying to get over, the comeback of Eddie, the alignment of the baby faces of the Lucha brothers helping the best friends, the best friends helping ward off the Blackpool Combat Club uh, from beating the fuck out of Orange Cassidy and leaving them for dead. All those are individual chapters in this, and they do it all in one segment. So when you do that, none of those emotions tied to those happenings get over. You just ran right through them, and they didn't have time to settle, and each one of those could be a week of TV, four weeks leading into this, but if you don't have the vision beforehand and aren't booking six weeks out and you are booking by the seat of your pants, that's why you have to make those half-assed, half-hazard decisions. And sometimes as a coach too, you know, I'm not trying to knock Tony for this. You never know somebody's DUI, somebody's 
uh, injury, somebody's uh, doesn't want somebody in the locker room, all these things you've set yourself up for being the boss can figure into like, fuck it. I got to make this last minute decision and book this on the fly. So uh, let me see. You got a question here from my man, Aaron Ben Shlomo from the, from the chosen ones. Uh, hold on one second here. Dub D what's good. You're on the air on the light, the fuse. What can I do for you? Yeah. I don't think I would do this on the air. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a shout back right now. All right. Is everything all right? Uh, no, I'm in St. St. Luke's for mom. Okay. I'll give it, I'll give all a right. shout back. All right. All right. Good. Bye. Bye. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, got to call the old man back. So we'll be back in, uh, two and two, uh, to try and see what's going on real quick. So, Thanks, guys. I just got to give a shout uh, back to the old man. I might just uh, unhook uh, from Bluetooth here. So we'll take a break and I will be back. We'll keep the stream rolling, guys, but uh, keep an eye out. I'll be back in just a minute.
Y'all, I appreciate that, guys. Just had some family biz had to deal with real quick. So, uh, yeah, you never know. Might have to end the stream uh, down the road, but we'll keep going. And getting back, thanks for uh, hanging with us here. Still 21 strong. In the chat room, keeping it going, you knew as they would. So, um, yeah, if you guys heard some dead air, we're back in the scene here. Thanks for fast-forwarding because I won't have time to edit. <laughs> But uh, we're lighting the fuse. Aaron Ben Shlomo says, Ben, is it customary that heels need to find members instead of uh, baby faces? Isn't it more in line as who will the baby, who the baby faces will get? Or am I wrong? Isn't it more in line as who the baby faces will get? Aaron? Find members instead of baby faces. The heels need to find members instead of babies. I'm sorry, man. Ben, Aaron Ben Shlomo, I'm not sure if I even understand your question, bro. Like, should heels be recruiting other people into their heel faction? Yeah, that's usually how it works. Bobby Lashley's doing it right now with um, uh, Reboot of the Hurt Business with Street Profits, Omos, and um, and MVP. And I can't remember if there was somebody else. Obviously, you got Cedric Alexander and uh, Shelton Benjamin who are already in it. And, oh, it was um, Kid from NXT, uh can't remember carmelo hayes was that his name if i did pull that i don't know where that came from so uh definitely usually more than babyface crew is is because a heel crew has heated on each one of them individually and they're forced together by circumstance right so that that would be usually the way you'd want to set it up that way or you need like a team all america you know, or team, whatever that, that would be in, in order to get over. So, uh, yeah, y'all, oh, man, for sure. Um, oh yes. In this case, the heels were in the minority three to six. So you were wondering, well, it was three on three, right? It was, they had orange Cassidy down heels come down, beat the shit out of them. Here come the babies for the Calvary, but one's down. So it's, even though you didn't get up and help to gain the advantage, you just stayed on orange. The other guys gain the advantage because they're more over, don't you know? We're ex-WWE guys. So they're kicking the shit out of the best friends. So down come uh, Lucha Brothers, get their shit in real quick to get them to powder out, help up the baby faces. Then we've got the internet heat that's real from, uh, not internet heat, from indie heat, from Cesaro and Kingston. Kingston's over from Japan, come in, wah, 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 beat the shit out of them throw more of the barricade, get in the ring as they powder out and heels leave because now they know they're outgunned seven to three after they got their heat on Orange Cassidy. Heels got to leave with their heat, okay? So now I get what you're saying, but that's absolutely. The longer heels out there after they get heat, you're blowing it off. You want to leave them at the high point and get the fuck out of there. Kingston got over. So what what they did fundamentally isn't wrong by any means. It's just like, all those things happen and they could all be an individual story. It's just how fast you got to blaze through it because you didn't have a long-term plan. And sometimes the long-term plan you might've had goes to shit and you got to try and pack it all into one sandwich, bro. Like those big Scooby-Doo sandwiches, right? <laughs> like the monsters that you get unhook your jaw, like a snake to get around. And there's plenty of snakes in this fucking uh, business with unhooked jaws. Um, Thank you. Thank you for the question. Uh, post-match, uh, all that happened. Uh, Jericho makes his decision up next. Um, Don Callis is in the ring or, you know, Jericho's, uh, going to talk about 
all the crews he's been with and he's the, he's the man. And, uh, but this time he's going to join Don Callis's crew and Don is shocked that he said so. And, uh, they gives him a good brother treatment and he wants to go out to the bar. And then Jericho's, but wait, what's that painting? Like the other one you got me that's covered. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Let's go to the bar. And, uh, Jericho, no, I need to see what's under the painting. This is what you got for me. I love my other one. It's just like, okay, now we're beating it over the head and this isn't a real scene and we're making fun of reality, right? Pulls off the thing and it's Don Callis with Chris Jericho's severed head. And Don, what does this mean? Oh, don't worry. The artist got it wrong. But in comes Takashita, hits the Pearl Harbor job on him, beats the shit out of him. In comes uh, Sammy Guevara to even the, the score and, and Callis powders out after having been berated and, and then, but uh, juice Robinson and Jay white uh, appear and uh, beat the fuck out of them. So that'll be Don Callis's crew, right? Like uh, juice and Jay white and Takashita. And now you've got all your new Japan, uh, whatever they call a white guy in new Japan. Is like, Joe Shido. I, I don't know what the fuck even talking about so uh (laughs) it's whatever it's kind of wrestling phony and uh but we get sammy to back up jericho and then he'll find one more friend too so oh and will osprey is in the crew too uh gaijin thank you uh then not that it makes any difference to me um and and uh then osprey comes down and gets big heat on jericho Jericho gets color. Moxley's pissed about it. Uh, and uh, then later on, we'll get a hardcore promo from Jericho uh, to challenge Osprey at All In. And this is a problem. Again, we're 11 days out. And we're just booking Jericho and Osprey now based off of this. No long-term heat when this should have probably happened two, three weeks ago. And build, 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 build. But, you know, I'm not Booker of the Year, so... Uh, certainly not Joshi. All right, whatever. Yoshi, uh, Yoshi Tatsuhusu. Uh, you say arigato like a Lee. Say arigato. Uh, video of Jack Perry who claims next week he'll retire the FTW championship. This was actually a good little bit. Why? He's protected. The guy doesn't like to cut promos live. He says he wants to puke when he does it. Okay, but he still has value in the way he looks, and we can take small takes where he only has to get one one line in and we reset and move the camera a different way and make it look stylized. That's what they did. And this was probably one of Jack Perry's better little pre-taped segments as opposed to putting him even backstage in front of a camera, uh, you know, with Renee with the mic in his face and he knows he's got delivered this seemed more relaxed than anything he's done. I think he knew it was a, it was a closed set and somebody probably told him, don't worry, bro. Say this one line. We're going to stop. Say this next line. We're going to stop. You, you don't even have to memorize just one line. We'll get a couple different takes and we'll piece it together. If that's what you got to do to protect this kid and give him his own style. I salute uh, the producer who, who did it and the director. Because it worked. I liked it. Um, This I didn't really like because it's ridiculous. We get Darby Allen and Nick Wayne versus the Gates of Agony. 
Okay, and Gates of Agony, I guess, are the are former ROH, uh, you know, Samoan-style champs or what have you. I haven't watched most of their stuff. They look awesome. They look like they'll rip your fucking head off in two seconds. And now they're going to fight guys who are half their size and have to sell for them. And they did a, a lot of good, like, duck one, and the guys take themselves out. So they told some decent little, you know, spot story spots in here. But sitting at the top of the ramp is A.R. Fox and Swerve. The last time we saw Nick Wayne was at his house in his garage where they fucking left him in a huge pool of blood, glass in his head and a picture of his dad broken, uh, his deceased father, Buddy Wayne. Uh, you know, they smashed it and you're just and then they called Darby. And now these guys are back here to have a match with the under guys, with with the other guys in the group. Like you can get through them, then you'll get to us like attempted murder on a kid who just turned fucking 18 years old. And the solution to that is show up and bring your tights and wrestle. Dude, what the fuck is going on? If anything, it should be swerve and Fox in a get over. And those guys come in hot to get retribution on them and get color on them. But there's plenty of color on this show. So nobody else needs to bleed. So it just is dumb with, what they set it up with a fucking homicide attempt. And then the payoff is wrestle, go wrestle the under guys. Okay. And so we're done. We're real dumb right here, right? We're real dumb at this point And time starts to slow down. You know, raw is brutal to get through some weeks, especially when you're open with uh, TJ McDonough or whatever. And he's got no backstory. And, you know, other crews are making their own match between uh, Shush, thank you, and uh, and and uh, who the fuck did they work? Um, Imperium, right? Like, we're making these matches during the show. You're like, oh, my God, why am I wasting my time? There's no storytelling going on here. This is kind of the same thing. And you feel time slip away and slow down the rest of my day while I'm active rips by <laughs> like four hours go by. It feels like 20 minutes. I got to this point in this show from like eight 40 to nine 20. It felt like two days getting through it, man. It was bad. Um, but, uh, of course, buddy, uh, they hit a coffin drop in Wayne's world to the outside big spots at the end. Uh, I definitely would have rather taken the, guy inside the rings gimmick because he only had to take one slam and then the the coffin dropped the other guy had to take a head scissors or a hurricane rana to the floor and then catch buddy on the or nick on the moonsault like okay definitely wouldn't want to take that so um but your winners darby allen and nick wayne and then Sting appears back, says stage and says AR Fox needs eyes in the back of his head because they've got a coffin match coming up at Wembley Stadium. So we made a coffin match out of nowhere, you know. And uh he loves it. And he says he has a leading man for his movie and shows Prince Nana. It's showtime. Sting just leans into Joker Sting here, back like impact days, excuse me. And uh, really commits to the bit and takes it to uh, an I don't care and I'm just going to say stuff in character face and and gets it over because of the commitment and not second guessing and even uh, goes past where the edit is and that little two or three lines afterwards 
really adds to the sauce of it a little bit extra. It really feels like after a hip hop song would be done and somebody keeps talking or like it it was good. A little voyeurism behind the scenes stuff and it added to the craziness of the character. I thought Sting was entertaining here, even though we've seen this before. And what are we really doing? What are we saying? I mean, you want to say good artists uh, create great artists, steal and make it their own. But this is pretty on the nose. And same thing with Seth. All Seth has done is wear women's clothes, but really everything he took from was Joaquin Phoenix's version of the Joker. And this version is um, the, the dark Knight version a little bit more, not as much uh, Jack Nicholson's version, you know, but uh, uh, you know, all they're really doing is stealing directly. They're not reinventing that much uh, from it. It's entertaining because the Joker's entertaining. So uh, I guess. He sold more uh, comic books than I have. Uh, let's hear from Adam Cole and MJF. Let's not. Um, this is where you start to get pissed off, or I do. These scenes that are tongue-in-cheek, man-boy. We got our first video camera. Let's make our own funny little movie because we're fighting the Aussie guys and we're going to get kangaroo punch over. And this is for the 18 to 49-year-old man-children out there who are spending their money on belts who are spending their money on Funko pops who are, who are buying all that stuff. And if you enjoy it, I'm not downing you. I'm just saying, I I understand that there is a small demographic out there who all want to be the cool guy that Adam Cole and MJF were, or are (laughs) talk to their therapist therapist about being uh, someday uh, when they can get to that level of enlightenment, I'm sure. Um, and it's just disturbing to like rib wrestling of like, we're at Outback, but we can't show it because we'd have to pay them. And then we're going to do kangaroo punch. And then I bought, uh, uh, you know, crocodile Dundee DVDs. Well, first we've got to do our stupid little spot with a kiddie pool and some guy where we're going to knock them down with a double clothesline. It's just like, if you're any type of man watching this, it's just like, what the fuck am I doing, bro? Like, it's so bad, this this millennial generation of man children. I don't know. Anyone can think that this level of content is doing anything but damage where people are rolling their eyes going. <sighs> so it, it's brutal. It's brutal. The only part that saved this entire scene is there's a closed door that says Tony Khan on it, and you hear somebody screaming about from behind, but it sounds like Khan, but it really sounds like MJF doing a Khan impersonation, possibly. And then he comes out and says, he shouldn't talk to me like that. The 2024, uh, you know, is coming up. And then Khan opens the door and goes, what'd you say? And, and everybody in the chat room, and I think watching went, oh, shit, it, it was him. And we haven't seen that side of Tony Khan. We haven't seen a hard ass chew you out. We've heard about him marking out saying CM Punk when he came back and shit. And we've seen him jump up and down with nine more days, nine more days and, and all kinds of different versions and no blinking and headlights. But the guy with the door closed sounded like a guy I want to see on camera for the first time screaming at people and fucking getting, getting himself over like all the other stuff. 
has been contrived. And uh, that was, that was a funny little take, man, in a whole sea of dog shit. We got three seconds of quality from the booker of the year. So, uh, but this man child make a rib of the business, make a rib of acting pisses me off bad. Uh, and then if that wasn't enough, we go to the ring and we do more group therapy where we tell our story about uh, why I'm the better man, baby, and I'm the man who's got the triple B and I drove 90,000 miles in my new truck because I just wanted to work the Indies for a year. Well, welcome to the biz, Briz. That doesn't mean you're the fucking best there is. But this just is goes on and on and on in a wrap it up B situation. And time is just dragging, dragging, dragging. And just so we can get kangaroo punch and stupid shit over a kangaroo kick. It was bad. It was hard to stomach. And you're just like, holy shit. Like this 20 minutes of my life is never ending. So, um, but, uh, then, uh, Aussie open, uh, come in and, uh, hit the ring, the challengers turn things around and send the champs running away. Then we get match of the night that nobody knew was coming, uh, out of nowhere, no where, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett, Texas chainsaw massacre death match, uh, which starts with Jeff with a weird mask on and he goes back to the back where it's dark. Jeff Jarrett jumps him and it's kind of cringy. We get Jeff Jarrett's whole squad doing stuff and Karen Jarrett's just there screaming. I get they're trying to do something film like probably should have all been pre-taped as opposed to doing it there. Karen Jarrett gets a bucket of uh, Moxley's blood that he's been uh, hanging on to for a month, uh, draining himself, dumped on her. So I'm sure he's hot about that and the carry type thing. And she's screaming like, you know, a woman in a bloodbath slasher film should be. And it's weird. <laughs> and we fight to the back of the arena till we get in the ring and do all kinds of crazy shit. And, uh, the giant gets involved and Jared takes a massive guitar shot at the end after a couple of falsies with Jay lethal kind of coming in and straightening things out. Um, but then, uh, the one that got us all the biggest run of the night, Leatherface. God damn it. Get me Leatherface. Um, so he comes down with a chainsaw and scares the shit out of Karen Jarrett. Uh, and, then Jeff Jarrett. Uh, there's a lethal nails Hardy with a hammer, and Satnam Singh choke slams him to help Jeff Jarrett win, even though Jarrett's dead after the big guitar shot. So, uh, Leatherface uh, run in. Nobody gets chopped up with a chainsaw, unfortunately. I had a couple people that I wanted on my top five list there. Uh, and then we get the Leatherface belt for the new, uh, this is a video game, I think, that's coming out. I don't know. So uh, that that new Leatherface belt really offset everything in the uh, titled count last night. Uh, man, I got the cough. Britt Baker versus the Bunny. Uh, the two women shake hands and start uh, begin shoving. Uh, Schoolgirl attempts uh, back and forth. Bunny's doing her goth thing, you know, uh, doing a good job working the crowd, looking out at the camera and, and, and walking and talking, which I'm glad to see instead of doing crazy spots after she got injured. 
was that's all she needs to be doing, you know. It makes me go, man, where the frig is Pepper or whatever, Butcher and Blade, right? Like, there's money on those guys, and they're not even using them, man. It's too bad. Uh, Bunny Folk, maybe they are. Maybe they're on Rampage and Collision, and I'm not watching them. Um, Bunny focuses uh, the eyes on Baker and dumps her to the floor, and Penelope Ford attacks her. Baker attempts to fight back, hits a double underhook, but Bunny kicks out. She tries to put the glove on, but Ford takes it, opening a chance for Bunny, yet Baker super kicks her and stomps Bunny to the ground. Uh, progressing to all in, Britt Baker. Again, who thought that Bunny on her return was going to go over on Britt Baker to go to all in in the storyline? These things are, you know, so predictable. Ray Charles could fucking see them. Uh, the, the, this is not three time booker of the year content. And it's the type of stuff when people see it on the sheets, they're like, okay, we don't have much faith. Uh, the acclaim hit the ring, uh, do a Donald Trump diss and a couple other, uh, NFL disses. And, uh, then house of black uh, appears lights up, lights down, uh, or lights up, uh, rather. And Brody King uses a chain to add further damage, uh, as they take Billy Gunn's boot. I don't know what that means, uh, but uh, House of Black beats the shit out of uh, the acclaimed. Uh, leaves leaves them bloody as well. Gets heat on uh, on um, Caster and and gets color in Moxley's hot about it because he didn't get to. Uh, then we get to our main event of the evening. Really, aside from Tony Khan's uh, cameo and uh, probably um, Sting and Jungle Boy which was a total combined minutes of three minutes, probably uh, of all those segments. This was about the only thing that was super entertaining to me. Uh, the, the guns versus the young bucks and uh, the guns come out and they have this really great lighting from underneath. They look like stars. And then out of, out of the darkness come the young bucks and super kick them and hit their side pose. And I thought that was great in the entrance. I thought that was a great way to start this match off uh, both cocky, arrogant teams who rib the business, who, you know, have the DX uh, NWO stamp on them and look great. And really the the guns have come a long way in the last year. And it's matches like this with the Bucks that are going to elevate them. Um, I like this match. It was really how WWE style would be because of how the guns work. One kick in the corner pick them up, superplex, or not even superplex, suplex, pin them, kick out, get up, walk it, talk it, go into a young buck spot, shoot reverse, get the guy out of the ring, something fast, super kick down. Like there was the right combination of how the young bucks would be taught to work in a WWE style, because that's really the only style that the guns probably know how to work. And it's worked for how many years? So they can just do, their dad's ribs in between, which is what they do for character, whether it's crotch chop or the uh, Billy gun legs or the road dog, uh, you know, knees and stuff. So there's a shuck and jive and all that stuff. They, they're really taking time for character inside of their offense. And then they hit one thing, boom, and let you register and sell it as opposed to 15 super kicks that don't get sold. Right. So I was really enjoying this match and I enjoyed the pace of it. And it felt like to me, this is what it would be of like if the young bucks were in WWE and I liked it. 
Um, Austin avoids the BTE trigger. Colton dives in, saves him. He tags and eats a kick from Nick. Yet the guns hit a double team to plant Matt, which leads to diving from top rope turnbuckle attempt. I really liked how they cut off the ring and worked towards the hot tag. I've seen the Bucks do this. They did add a step or two in it. There was like a four-part get to the hot tag. They're really good with that, and Matty was good on the cell the entire time until you wanted to get it with Nick coming in, firing up, uh, and you know he'll go absolutely crazy. And I was with it. What I didn't like is this finish. Um, the guns try and hold the ropes in a stack pin. Uh, I can't remember if it was O'Connor roll or just a roll up. And then one gets super kicked off and rolled through. And then the other buck comes through and rolls through. And then he grabs the ropes and the buck bucks go over with the dirty pin. This match was just too good to do out dirty, out dirty each other. I, I know where they wanted to go, but the crowd in the main event, was kind of like, ah, like we, that's not a big pop right there. We needed something big and the guns could have, one of them could have eaten a double super kick after a high spot and gone over with the pin here instead of something dirty because the bucks were the baby faces, even though they're trying to show we'll do whatever it takes to win the tag team titles. And then they step on that business and it's FTR uh, and Jay White, Juice Robinson attack, excuse me, until FTR hit the ring and the all-in opponents work together to clear house and stare each other down. So the story we just told was the Bucks will cheat. In comes the outside New Japan crew to beat the shit out of them, get heat on them, soften them up for FTR. FTR comes in to be the good guys and clean house. But they so now FTR saving the heels that just showed they can they will cheat to beat them. Like it's not that it, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense here in this finish of what we want to show, you know? So if it's anything, Bucks go over in a heel way, outcome Jay and uh, juice, right. To, to do whatever they're up on them. I wouldn't I, you know what? I'm not even going to write it that way. I wouldn't even have those guys involved. It just did not mean anything. Bucks could have, Talk that shit, been in the spotlight, FTR slides in and double suplexes them and takes their spotlight. That's probably what I would have done because we started with the guns in the spotlight. The Bucks kick the shit out of them. Bucks cheat to go over. They're going to show that they're the poster boys and in slides those guys, double hook, kill them both, and they pose down in the spotlight. That's the story we're telling. Who's the most arrogant and who's going to be in the spotlight? I wouldn't even have mixed Juice Robinson and Jay White in this. So interesting choices, you know. Uh, we'll see which way things go in the next week or so, if there's more fallout with the ticking time bomb or who's trying to sabotage who or if we get to see this new version of Khan on air, uh, Khan air. Uh, so uh, I'll be interested. But we'll be back here Friday night for the uh, SmackDown Live self-help group. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, hopefully you guys got through it with us. I know eight bouts total. I don't know how many hugs we had last night, how many bro hugs we had. Might have been just one. Could have been one hug. We weren't counting hugs, so we're going to need an update. Uh, the Yeppers Peppers hug update from there, you guys. Uh, but thanks for hanging out live on Ben Hameen YouTube channel and uh, subscribing to channelattitude.com, uh, you guys. I got a big week of 
moving wood for the old man. Got to call him back, and uh, we'll be on in here chopping wood, carrying water exclusively at channelattitude.com. You know what to do. You want to laugh, Russo? Get vaccinated.